Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerds Adulting Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Peter, and I am joined once again by my other host, Josh. What is going on, buddy old pal? How's it hanging? How you feeling? Uh, feeling good, Peter. Uh, how about you? I'm excited for today's episode, as I always am. You know what? These are a lot of fun, so we are continuing our eight-week countdown. We are now on week three to Halloween. I know we started early, but I just love Halloween, and I was like, why don't we just do two months of just horror? And so, all things horror, eight-week countdown, we started with Blair Witch. Man, oh, wow. That's all my brain cells that I have killed have caught up to me. (laughs) It was like two weeks ago. We did Blair Witch, and then last week we did Resident Evil, and this week we are doing Child's Play 1988. That's right. And I'm really excited to talk about it because I watched it this week, and I have thoughts, man. And I also have a lot of fun facts. I'm sure you have information, too. I I watched it last night. Yeah, I... I watched it two, on Friday night. Today's Sunday, so I watched it Friday night. And I actually watched most of it with my 10-year-old daughter. And I I, I, th- I was a little worried about it, but I was like, you know what? After after that movie, after watching the movie, I was like, you know, it really wasn't as bad as I remembered it. But I, I watched that when I was a kid a bunch of times. It's been a real... I couldn't even tell you the last time I watched this movie. But, man, I think I laughed more. Oh, than- Yeah. I watched it. April's never watched it. And uh, she also, I mean, I was like laughing my head off. It, there are some scenes that even to this day, I'm like, Ugh. but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, Ugh, yeah. I, don't, I don't like that. You know, so it's an interesting premise about like why. So you start start off these episodes like why we like these things or why we liked them. And so when I was younger, maybe maybe I think it's better to say why people like them more. Cause I'm not gonna lie, like I've had a fear of 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 discomfort with uh, this character in horror cinema f- for a good portion of my early child life. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think the premise is really cool. I think that the idea of a murderous toy that's possessed by a serial killer is like a really cool idea for a horror film, right? And I don't know, I don't, I just. I don't know why I remembered it so fondly because watching it now, I'm like, this was not a good movie. I don't, I mean, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things with this film that like logically you're like, no, but I mean, again, so I try to take in everything into context, right? Like this was in 1988. So they didn't have like the things that we, that we have now. And I'm just, I don't know, man. I, 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 it, I think the premise was super cool and watching it as a kid kind of fucked me up. The idea of my toy coming to life to murder people that's being, that's possessed by, you know, a serial killer is like a really cool idea and a fresh take on horror. Cause I don't recall anything being, I mean, there was like a, a movie called puppet masters. I don't know if you remember that movie, which actually that might be an interesting movie to dive into. It's sort of like a cult classic. It's about these like puppets that are like, I don't even know, can't even tell you the true premise, but basically they're murderous toys and they can do right. all these weird, weird things. And so like, other than that, I, I can't remember. I think that there was a movie in the 60s called Living Doll, and it was like a story of a possessed doll, but it obviously had nowhere near the amount of effects. Everything, A lot of things were left up to the imagination. Yeah, and I actually kind of liked the way, so the movie actually does that. Like we talk about, we both agree that it's it's actually beneficial to sort of hide the reveal as long as you can, because... 
watching this film, I I felt like the first half of not seeing Chucky as a living doll, like killing people, was very creepy and pretty well done. Yeah. And and until the, and then when they were when they finally revealed him and he comes to life, I was start I started laughing because it just was you know it just looked goofy and silly, but. I mean, now, I mean, obviously, this is 1988, right? And so, one of the things I thought that was really interesting was how far they went as far as the practical effects. So maybe that's a good oh, place yeah. to start. We can start there. So the well, the, what do you, what do you mean by with practical? Because the basically the whole film is right. So the whole practical effects being like so the the animatronics portion of it, like they actually mm-hmm. like went deep into creating this robotics they had a lot of robotics and uh, involved in in the animation of chucky where they actually had it took like 11 people to actually control him uh, and for a lot of scenes and uh, i think one scene they took 27 takes just to turn off uh, a button oh yeah so special effects shop supervisor howard berger that's his name this is sort of like a fun fact thing that i have but whatever Special effects shop supervisor Howard Berger, Berger once recalled it took them 27 takes just to get Chucky to hit a button to electrocute a doctor. So that scene when the doctor gets electrocuted with a little head thing. Like yeah, that, which that, was brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I want to get into some of the death scenes too because I have a few thoughts on those. But I thought that was really... They went really far. They, they put a lot of effort into, into that. And I really... I appreciate that for its time, you know, and, and I remember watching it as a kid. It still scared me. It was still like creepy shit. I was born in 83. The movie came out in 1988. So I probably saw it in 89, 90. So we'll say I was seven or eight years old when I first saw this movie. And it makes it also made me like think back and sort of like, man, what was my parents thinking? They let me watch every sort of horror film you can imagine from The Exorcist, Predator to Aliens to Child's Play before I was even 10 years old and and, and I mean, I appreciate it because I have a lot of fond memories of these films. But man, like they they kind of fucked me up. But I, I thought I don't recall when my first experience was with it. I know that I think a guy that my mom was dating when I was younger used to like scare me and be like, "Oh, Chucky's gonna get you," and I'd be like, "I have no fucking idea what you're talking about." And then one day I saw it and I was like, <laughs> "Like I was just so unhappy and so uncomfortable." <laughs> And then it made it made Rugrats hard to watch. Why is, why Rugrats hard to watch? Because because Chucky is a character in Rugrats. Oh, He's a little kid right, with right. overalls, a little red kid hair. with overalls and red hair. Yeah. The only thing that d- that changes between them is the fucking glasses. That's interesting. Chucky Finster. I loved Chucky and Rugrats. I never got the the connection on those two, but yeah, I like I said I think the overall premise is really interesting. I try to go back and watch these movies and think about the time it was made. And, and so, yeah, the idea of the film is it was really creative. And I think they did a really great job for what they had at the time. And so, yeah, that Chucky took 11 people. So the majority of scenes were filmed with an animatronic puppet. But it was very difficult to do because it took 11 different people to control Chucky with a different person handling each part of his body to his legs, to his eyebrows. So yeah. they, they really and they had to deep. have. I think I read that they had to have different setups for different scenes. Like this animatronic mm-hmm. was used for this, like when Chucky's flailing on top of Karen, the mom, when he's like flailing on her. That was a completely different animatronic than one used in other scenes that did not have those capabilities. 
Yeah, and what was was pretty crazy too that I found out after the fact was so they used animatronics for the majority of the scenes with the the living violent Chucky, whatever you want we want to want to call it. Sure. They actually had someone I don't want to say a small person to be politically correct. They had a smaller person play play him and dress up, and his name was Ed Gale. And right. so what they did for certain scenes is they made, he said it himself that he was 33% smaller or he was yeah 33% smaller than the average person or whatever around him. So they had to make everything right. else in his scenes 33% bigger. So in the scene at the end of the movie, when they toss him um, at the end of the movie, they toss him and he gets up and runs away. You can see the living room floor and like the little table or even the light switches. I forgot what scene that was. Yeah. They had, to, they actually recreated the set to be bigger just for like three seconds of film to do that yeah. as he and i thought that was hey i like when people pay attention to details in films and i appreciate that because that i didn't know that i mean watching yeah, that it did it did lend credence to the belief that you know there is a doll that is sprinting with a knife yeah and <laughs> i was like i was impressed because i i mean it didn't look like it because sometimes you can see something on film and you're just like that's a that's a fucking miniature. Watching stuff like that has ruined things like Terminator 2 now. Because when I was younger and I watched like Terminator 2 in the beginning opening scene, and I, I was like, how the fuck did they shoot all this stuff? Like, how did they, or like even in Aliens when they're in that whatever mobile vehicle, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, in the yeah, beginning. yeah. That's all miniatures. And I was a kid, I had no idea. Like, did they really make something that big and they filmed it? Like, how did they do all this stuff? But I was, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that they did that. And I thought that was really interesting. And in they actually like built things 30 percent bigger just for shoot these short scenes with him so i don't know what were did you come across anything interesting after watching this movie i thought it was i found it funny every time that they would show like a faraway shot of chucky running so like whenever they would show him so like when they showed him climbing up the stairs on the outside of the the hospital that uh Andy was in in Turden. Um, I thought that that was hilarious. I thought that that was really interesting that they because there were some scenes where he's like on a ledge. You know what I mean? And mm. it's it is it's Ed Gale and he's on a ledge. And there was an instance where he falls through the uh, oh my goodness through the chimney. He falls from the chimney down into the fireplace, right? Mm. And they actually did that scene like maybe like six, seven times. And on one of the times when they were raising him, he, he had actually slipped through whatever was raising him up and he fell like eight feet, which is a lot for someone of, oh. his, of his height. And he like fucked his back up. I read about that. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. He broke his back or something like that. That was, yeah. I don't think, I don't think he broke it, but he definitely had fractured to, like, something. Take, I take a, take a few days off of, of filming for it yeah i just thought yeah that was terrible i felt so bad when i read, read that but i yeah. mean yeah i really I, I thought it was interesting how creative they got with filming these scenes and given what they had even now though i think about it, like it meant i haven't seen the remake have you seen the remake i haven't seen with Arby, aubrey plaza i have not seen the remake i have seen some scenes for it and i have no interest okay I kind of want to watch it now and just want to see what they did as far as practical effects or how they portrayed him or how they were able to shoot shoot it because I don't I just don't know how, how I mean it was 2019 I mean 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious to know, like, how, like, I always say, what if they made this movie now? And we sort of have that with this, right? Because of special effects. Because I feel like if they used CG, it would look horrible, right? If they used a lot of CG Chucky, like, I don't, I think that would not, that just wouldn't work to me. Right. I think, I think even though it's corny and kind of cheesy now, I think the practical effects actually lend to the horror and to the, Oh yeah, there was a there was a even to this day uh a scene in Chucky that makes me uncomfortable. What? Even and it's all practical, right? It's so Ed Gale is dressed in the suit um and he's already been burned. Mm, and okay. he's he's already been burned and he's like slowly creeping up towards Andy with the knife. And it's just like 2-3 seconds of him like slowly walking right mm-hmm. and to this day that makes me uncomfortable that is good horror i would say that, and it's all that's and good it's horror. all it's because of the detail yeah, like, he's to like his to his costume like with the burned face and the exposed like like gums and his teeth are just out and his eye is he has no eyelids so his eye is just all the way out it just looks maniacal and it's amazing <laughs> and also horrifying yeah I, I thought that was good horror. I was like, that. this is creepy. This is pretty wild. And cre- kudos to Alex Vincent, who played Andy. There was a scene where he knew when he was in that hospital and Chucky was coming for him and he's like crying and he's like legit crying. And I felt oh, yeah. so bad for him. I, I was like, I was like how, what did they do? Like, yeah. this is top tier, believable performances here. And this kid got no award. <laughs> I don't think I've seen adults perform that well. That was 100%. Did they like prick his finger on the outside of the door? And then like, all right, now do the scene. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. I, like, and he remembered his lines. Like it was amazing. Yeah. I think that was probably, I think he put in the best performance out of everybody on that movie. Cause it was pretty, I think the performances were pretty bad. There was a scene where, so Chris Sarandon, play the detective mike norris and yeah. at the end there's a scene where he like i guess he just like passes out and it's so corny and just so yeah. he's just like oh, and like passes out. i was yeah. like come on bro and i was just like man alex vincent performance of the movie hands down oh, yeah, 100%. i mean just the best i mean so they actually had uh this uh, his little sister Alex Vincent's little sister, I think she was like four or three at the time. And she was used as a stand-in for Chucky when Chucky runs behind his Aunt Maggie. When she's sitting on the couch and Chucky runs behind her, that's Alex. That's the only scene in the whole movie. That's Alex Vincent's little baby sister. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember reading... They didn't show her face or nothing. They were just like, okay, when we say go, all you gotta do is run. And she was like, Oh. <laughs> just, got it <laughs> and they said done and she just ran and just completely cut out any kind of adult intervention with the, with the child you know but and they got it and it was like i remember like even i'd only learned this today but uh i remember watching it a couple days ago and then again yesterday um and being like what the fuck is that like who is that because it was huge I mean, it, not huge. It wasn't as big because you can tell you can tell when Ed Gale is in is in the costume because his neck is up enormous and his head's much bigger too. Like, <laughs> and his head is huge. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" And it was so well done. And I was like, "That looks like a child." 
And then lo and behold, it is. It was. Yeah, that, that, I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering, like, what scene was she? I remember reading that she was, it, she dressed up as Chucky in one of the scenes. I couldn't remember what it was. I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's it. And that's like, that to me, good horror. Like, not seeing, not revealing too much, watching that fucking Chucky doll run past. Like, that's fucking creepy. And I, and I like that. And yeah, the, again, so practical effects, I applaud the team for the time for what they were able to accomplish. So uh, I want to go over a little bit of some of this child's play box office. So do you know, so there's been, let me see, six child's play movies. I have, I have six child's play movies. Three, three child's play, then bride of Chucky, Uh seed of Chucky, Uh and then cult, cult of Chucky. Why don't I have that? I have Child's Play. Oh, it's weird. My numbers are fucked up. It has. Oh no. Okay, so Cult of Chucky is not even on here. It has Child's Play 2019 on here. Okay. Uh, no. Anyways, the all-time grossing box office Child's Play movie, at least in the United States. Do you know which one it is? No. The first one. Oh, I bet. 1988. That's the number one, followed by Bride of Chucky, and then Child's Play. 2019 then child's play 2 seed of chucky and child's play 3 this doesn't actually have cult of chucky on here yeah i, think I don't that recall was the last yeah but for the yeah reboot. i actually was kind of surprised by that and it didn't it didn't even crack i it didn't even crack the top the top 30 in box i mean it doesn't surprise me because i guess horror wasn't what it is now like back in the 80s but it didn't even crack the top 30 in 1988 the number one movie in 1988 was who framed roger rabbit Really? Yeah. I thought it was Rain Man. Okay. So, here. I'll go over the top five. All right. I'll I'll do top ten. I'll just read them all off. Number one, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Number two, Coming to America. Number three, Good Morning Vietnam. Number four, Big. Number five, Crocodile Dundee. Number six, Three Men and a Baby. Number seven was Die Hard. Number eight was Moonstruck. Number nine was Cocktail. And number ten was Beetlejuice. That's actually a pretty... Good fucking year of movies, man. Yeah, 88. <laughs> man, I'm, I was reading those off like those are some pretty good. Yeah, so I don't remember Frame Man was in 88 or for another year. I don't see it on here, but yeah. I could have sworn it was. And it didn't, it didn't even crack, it didn't even crack the, the top 30. I wasn't surprised by that. I was just interested to see. I think it came in like, maybe. I mean, crack. even though, even 32. though it didn't make, it didn't make that much like. What it did make leeway with was how many people, like, Im- immediately parents were, like, trying to push a ban on it in theaters. They're like, oh, we don't want our children trying to get the wrong idea about a, a killer toy. It's like, the movie's rated R. We're telling you. <laughs> we're giving you the pro tip to not let your children watch this movie. And you're like, what if I want my kid to watch it? I don't want him to be a murderer. That's your fault. Oh, yeah, the whole moral panic of trying yeah. to trying to worry about media when it's a parent's responsibility to rate exactly. their children. Exactly. However, at the same time, like nobody was calling in to complain to put a ban on like Hellraiser, which is an insanely um, violent film. Are you sure? I'm sure some people were calling to ban that movie. There's I don't think it was like this. Probably I don't not think it was yeah. like this. Yeah. Man, there was actually some really good movies in here. Bambi released in 88. Uh, it says re-release. Uh, the Land Before Time, Oliver and Company. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Scrooged, Rambo 3, Willow, holy fuck, A Fish Called Wanda, 
Young Guns. Dude, 1988 was a fucking boss of a year for movies, dude. Yeah, I bet. Wow. I did not know that. That's Ernest Day is Christmas. Yes. I used to love the Ernest movies when I was a kid. <laughs> Those movies are so dumb. But yeah, man, that's, uh, that's, that's, I thought that was interesting. And did you know that? So currently, this is according to Wikipedia, currently the entire franchise of Child's Play, including videos, DVDs, VOD, and merchandise, this franchise has generated over $250 million. That's a, that's pretty good. I'm saying it's not, a, it's not like a, an astronomical money by any means by now, but that's still pretty impressive for some guy that just came up with this idea in college, right? It was Don, created by Don Mancini, who, who created the story. And it was sort well, of... Well, he actually, he actually, originally Chucky was supposed to be about um, like a blood cult. Or like a blood oh, yeah. transfusion. It was called the movie originally was supposed to be called um, "Batteries Not Included," and they changed it because another film had released around the same time called "Batteries Not Included." I don't Steven know what Spielberg. that film was about. Um, That's I a Steven Spielberg film. That's crazy that I've not heard of it. I'll yeah. have to check it out. It's a but, yeah, um, it's like a cult classic. But yeah, Sp- Spielberg did that one. So now yeah, you're not going <laughs> to release another movie with that name. So yeah, so there was that, and then they were almost going to call it uh, Blood Buddy, which is where the premise behind Chucky was that he would get hurt and bleed. Like, that was the technology innate in the toy, and you would have to put bandages on it, and like he would heal like skin. That was the idea, like this synthetic skin toy, right? And then supposedly Andy and Buddy, or Chucky, right? Buddy's blood would somehow, like, mix, or somehow they would become intertwined, and then Chucky would take on, or Buddy, because he was going to be known as Buddy in this iteration of the film, would take on more of, like, a sinister role encompassing the hatred, not the hatred, but the anger that Andy carried towards teachers, bullies, babysitters, and Chucky would... Buddy, I'm sorry, Buddy would try to eliminate them in order to make Andy happy. But the premise of the film was that you would never know if it was Chucky or Buddy. Damn it! If it was Buddy killing people or if it was Andy killing people. And then so they shied away from that to go for this like voodoo doll kind of thing situation, which actually Don Mancini didn't even want. Yep, It's just what got like people were like, nope, we're doing that one, and he was like, I don't like that, and so it was. A, it, was I mean, like, it was like his least favorite premise. He says, Yeah, I would say that because it's funny too because the original one of the original writers was asked about that. I think Tom, not Tom Holland, John Lafia was asked about this, and he said that he didn't put it in there. And I think a lot of people were shying away from that because it was an interest. It was a weird take. You had Brad Dorf, who played, who did Chucky's voice, right? Just mm-hmm. like. I don't know, plain white guy, serial killer, right? In the beginning of the movie, you see, and all of a sudden he's doing voodoo. It was kind of like a weird, I think, a weird turn or a weird take to to do this, but I'm not sure how, yeah, I'm not sure how that, that came to be, but it's interesting that people, no one wants to come to admit that they, that the voodoo was their idea. So, yeah. And then trying to encompass it with like the, the Dr. Death and, you know, all the, all the voodooistic artwork that was all over Charles Lee Ray's house and, 
the 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 person of color that he speaks to and inadvertently kills with a voodoo doll, which is strange. That was okay. The voodoo doll, man. That I was thinking, like, what do you do when you come and see someone? If you're, if you're uh, a police officer and you walk in, you see someone with their leg bent like that. Like, I don't know. It's so it was such a weird that that death scene, that whole voodoo thing, was sort of weird, and it really. I think broke any type of believable or any type of like, okay, this is crazy. You know, feeling that I had for this movie when he busted out the voodoo doll and started doing that stuff. I was like, I, I don't, don't know. I just, I just found it hard to believe that voodoo would be that far up in Chicago. Cause that's uh, where the movie takes place yeah. in Chicago. I don't know, man, there's a huge call. Chicago is huge and it's very culturally diverse. So I, I, I mean, I grew up, right outside of chicago so like i literally mm. grew up like 20 minutes from chicago so you literally go like down different blocks and you can it's just culturally just di- okay. so diverse in different areas in town i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past that but i just thought the whole idea of throwing voodoo out there and then using a like a i don't know using well, the, one other one of the reasons i didn't like is because the whole voodoo idea was literally thrown out there yeah someone it, I there was who okay no that. story there was no like Oh, I'm a murderer, and I also practice voodoo. Like, because, you know, because of the murdering. Like, what? It makes no sense. And don't even get me started on law enforcement behavior in this film, because it fucking blows my mind. What are you, they're, the they're just shooting at him in, <laughs> in the beginning well, of the no, movie? Well, no, not only that, not only that, but, like, when they're investigating uh, Andy and Karen's house, it's an active crime scene. And she's like, you all need to get out. Yeah. And they're all yeah. like, all right, bye. Like, just like, <laughs> I was thinking the same like, thing. I was like, thinking the same thing, and they're dude. They're like, fuck the evidence. <laughs> fuck it. And she's like, I'm going to sweep up all the fucking flour off the <laughs> counter, bitch. <laughs> and it's like insane uh, to me. Yeah. And then I remember having this discussion, like uh, we were watching it. And uh, Chucky throws the hammer from the good guy tool set at uh, Aunt maggie or whatever yeah, yeah. and she uh-huh. she flies or she flies she gets hit and flies out the window um i always thought that was weird and then my wife is like aren't those plastic she's like that like drew blood and i was like it's the 80s there's a very real chance that toys back in the day that would have been like a like an actual solid lead tipped hammer yeah like, i mean for a kid's toy like yeah it's there's a very real chance that that would have been like an actual metal hammer dude i had a tonka truck made out of die cast metal that weighed it was heavy if you th- you could kill somebody oh yeah yeah, thing, yeah 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 100 percent. yeah i i that's actually something that i wouldn't back when like toys lasted oh yeah yeah <laughs> dude that tonka truck was my dad's my tonka truck that tonka truck was actually my dad's when he was a kid and then he gave that's it to me fucking crazy yeah. and that thing was look i mean i remember they still made them like all the tonka stuff back then were still made out of metal like i just remember like man this shit is heavy you could really hurt somebody with this if like you threw it at him but now everything's plastic i get it but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting how <laughs> immediately he, like, uh, the whole shoe and the footprint thing, and he's like, oh, I already checked Andy's. I just thought that was kind of kind of weird. And then he he didn't check the shoes he was wearing. That's what I was thinking. Like, he's, he's, yeah. he's, like, he's like, oh, I checked all the shoes in the closet. It's fine. And I was like, what about the fucking shoes he's wearing now? You didn't check those? Like, and, and just occurs to you now? Yeah, I get it. There was things in there where I'm just like, this is... This is dumb. I don't believe this. I, I totally could see, like, I love the moment when, like, Andy's laying back in bed right after the police leave or they're getting ready to leave. 
and he sees Chucky's feet like covered in flour and he gets up like, hey, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> and he runs out. He's like, it was the doll, bro. And everybody's like, nah, shut up, kid. <laughs> this is one of those like classic movies or like one of the movies that started that trope of like, why don't you, why doesn't anybody listen to the kid? Like the kid's like, mom, I mean, there's we- a demon in the house. And she's like, we got this house for a nickel. You hush. I mean, what I'm saying is if you're, s- s- no one would, no one in their right mind would believe that. Like, would you, if someone was murdered in your house? You know what? And I've your seen son enough, was like, I've seen enough horror movies. I've seen enough <laughs> movies though. That's what I'm talking about. Movies. No, 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 no. I've seen enough horror movies that will trigger my, it'll trigger my survival, like little, my little spidey sense of survive. And what's funny is like, what blew my mind is the fact that when she's like fighting with this toy, I can never, I'm never going to be able to understand how Chucky is so strong. Man, we were so on the same page with this movie. Cause it's he can so like, funny. he's like, he's like folding people. Like <laughs> he like grabs the he when he's like behind the police officer, like yanking on him with the jumper cables. He's like, it's time to go to bed. Like time your night's done, bub. He's like, and he's like, ah, like screaming. And he's fucking choking him in the back of the car. And he can't like, this is how is you he even reaching like, the seat and grab him. Yeah, just grab him. him. He has like 11 pounds of hair. Just grab him. Yeah, that scene was hilarious. I was laughing. I, I was just laughing because it was. Just oh yeah, I was the, laughing. The performance of like him, he's like, uh, like choking, yeah. you know, like, and he's like, and he's trying to stab him underneath the seat, and I'm just like, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, he's like trying to and stab him. And he's like, he's like, he's like up holding himself up on the chair, and he's yeah, like yeah. shaking his ass, like <laughs> yeah. trying to not get stabbed. I was like, yo, you gotta be strong to stab through a cushion like that, like. And or stabbing through a door, like at the how, end. Yeah, he stabbed through the little part of the door where the fucking locking mechanism is. I mean, and maybe I'm never gonna understand too, like in movies, why people have to grip the door and then place their body right next to it. Like, how is that giving you more leverage? I mean, it wasn't. They needed to do that so they can get the effect of the knife coming through the door, right? Exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point they had to do that. I mean, it's I mean it's not 1988 and I mean it's 1988 and they're probably not thinking like super lot. I mean, we're talking about a, a possessed toy kids toy murdering people, right? You know, like I get I get yeah. it. I get it. We could rip the movie to shreds, but I mean, I'm trying to look it through the lens of nostalgia and like what what made it, you know, fun. But I get it cuz I was thinking all these things watching it now. But thinking about yeah. it in retrospect, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, you can't have that scene. And I actually kind of liked that scene when the knife was coming through the door. And I was, I was wondering, how did they actually film that? Because they did they actually, like, could you imagine if they actually did shoot a knife through the door? And they're like, okay, we're gonna put your head here. All well, right, they probably had some kind of prop door. Uh, may, yeah, maybe that you, just, could, that you could easily like particle board. You know, right? But is it an actual like? knife or something like you know if you get that wrong oh, i don't know you, you know I what i'm saying know. like I, i'm sure there were safety proofs i mean i guess i should i, I didn't want to say i'm sure but i'm hoping there were safety precautions put in into that scene right but the, here's I, hoping <laughs> yeah no it doesn't sound like anyone got hurt in that movie during the making of this movie as far besides ed gale when he fell down but anyways yeah it's interesting yeah because i was thinking about the same thing at the end when dude was getting choked by uh a parapoly or is a quadriplegic paraplegic <laughs> doll like choking him with one yeah. arm and one leg and he's like kill him kill him i mean it was 
creepy because Brad Dorf, his, his voice is amazing. Like, I think that was one yeah. of the reasons what made this movie so great. I want to get into that a little bit. It was just Brad Dorf. I think that's what this, what, the reason why this whole movie was so entertaining and memorable for us was because of the voice. But yeah, you're talking about strength. I'm like, <laughs> and he's like shaking him around. I'm like, dude, he's got one arm as a doll. Like, really? Like, you know, like, I get you got to sell it, you know, but it was just like one of those things where I'm just like ripping, trying not to rip it apart in my head because of I, I trying to understand like the time when this movie was made. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I like how they try to like when the 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 voodoo doctor, whatever I don't remember his name, Bishop. No. Yeah, I think his name is Bishop. Oh, was it Bishop? Film. When yeah, I think so. When he's trying to tell him like, oh, you're turning into a human every time. The more time you spend in the body, the more and more human it's going to be. And then later they're like trying to throw at at the viewer like that it's happening, and his hair starts to recede, just like Brad Dourif's like Charles Lee Ray's character in the beginning has like a receding hairline. <laughs> what? And so yeah, watch the movie again. <laughs> Notice that when he's when he's up when he's sitting in the <laughs> elevator going back up to yeah. the apartment, and the elderly couple's yeah. like, "Oh, a child left a doll." His hair is receded all the way back. Like I didn't ever notice that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his hair is receding and everything dude that's great i love that that's great that's a yeah. great attention to detail i gotta i gotta see that that's also funny to see when he's like fuck you because the old lady was like that's ugly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like ugly doll and then as he's going to be like fuck you like <laughs> oh that was, i yeah. didn't know this i didn't know this when in the beginning of the movie like brad durf's like that name doesn't ring a bell to me right but in the beginning of the movie i was like hold up Right, and I'm looking, and he plays fucking Grima Wormtongue in fucking Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and like I had to have had to give it a quick goog because I was like, <laughs> "No fucking way!" And yeah, lo and behold, he played fucking Grima Wormtongue. Yeah, his... which is which. Who I loved his his portrayal of him in in that film too is expertly done. But oh. He his his voice acting for this for this film was like amazing, and he says that he had a ton of fun doing it, and even to the point. So when Chucky gets set ablaze, right in the fireplace, in order to get the effect of him screaming in pain, I read that Brad Dourif ran around the studio till he was like exasperated, so that his cries for help and screaming in pain was more believable and they apparently he screamed so loud and was like so into the scene to get the recording that he actually passed out when he was done oh jesus you know brad derb's done i'm trying to pull up his imdb here i should have had it pulled up already but he was in a game so we 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 re- talked about mist i think when we did resident evil last week so mist is one of those games in my childhood that i actually really loved and, and it was a lot of fmv so he played the main antagonist in Mist Three, actually. Oh, I did not. Know. Yeah, nope. and know that. he well, he played it. I mean, he was an an actor in that in that game. But yeah, his voice is just synonymous, I guess, with evil or just being a bad guy in general, which is great. I don't know, but yeah, this movie, this movie is entirely successful because of him. I if you if it was anybody else, I don't think this movie would have been quite as su- yeah. successful. The voice, the anger, it's scary. It's just so well done. And watching it again, like his voice is just synonymous. You now, like you, it's so like it's almost like iconic, right? You hear his voice, you immediately think of Chucky. Even if he just talks or just does anything, you just immediately think of Chucky. Because when it's funny, you didn't know that uh, 
uh, he was in Lord of the Rings, but I remember I knew that because I knew who he was when I saw Lord of the Rings because yeah. of Miss and all the other stuff. And I say like, every time I hear his voice, I'm just like, that's Chucky, man. That's Chucky. Do you know what's funny is that it, they originally planned for Chucky to be voiced by a woman with like like a electronic mm. kind of like electric kind of overlay like over Siri? her voice. Oh. Sure, something I guess something akin to that, and then they decided against it. But it was almost it was almost going to be a woman's voice, and I don't think it would have been the same. I'm trying to picture it, and I don't think it would have played well, um, with it. I mean, I haven't seen the new Child's Play, the 2019 version, but I do know that it's uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on his name? Timothy the guy Olifant? who plays it, no, the guy that plays Joker. Heath Ledger? No, like the cartoon Joker. Oh, Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Fuck! Why am I so... Don't worry, I, I have my day, my bad days too, man. I'm like, who the fuck yeah. is this? Like, I don't want to Google it. God it. <laughs> <laughs> and then two hours go by, and for no reason, I'm like, aha! <laughs> <laughs> and you get the, you get the person. Even though the, you're not, not even talking about that anymore. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I was, it's, it's uh, um, Mark Hamill plays him. In the new, um, the new 2019 version. Overall, I don't think personally. I don't know about you. I don't think that the movie's aged well. Aside from a certain, a few scenes where, like, you really feel the terror, and just that scene with uh, with Alex Vincent, that performance. Everything else after that, I'm like, nope. Like when he gets shot, when like. <laughs> Charles Lee Ray gets shot and he goes, oh, and like turns very neatly <laughs> and like very dramatic. Like it's just, oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. I know. I, I really want to try to be like, you know, I, okay. I will say, yes, the movie doesn't hold up there, but there are still things that I appreciate, like the score. I need to look up who did the score. For oh, the yeah. Movie. The score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can right. actually pull that up right now. All right. And then we'll edit this out. The score was composed by Joseph Renzetti. What else has Joseph Renzetti done? Anything uh, of, he's, he's of not note? Highlighted. Okay. I was just wondering if he's done Featured anything. Featured a collection of electronic and orchestral elements. Portions of the soundtrack were released in 89 on vinyl. Interesting. Anyways, the score was really good. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, Music added something to this movie that it could not give itself any other way. One thousand percent. So yeah, I try to find right hunt the good stuff. <laughs> you know, like in the yeah. army, right? Hunt the good stuff. I try. You know what I mean? I'm always trying to find the positives. I don't want to like bash movie. I get it. it's from 1988. You know, I keep saying it, but this the score was great. It like, added to the tense. You know the the tension it added to the horror added to to all of that. I think that was one of the reasons why this movie was scary back then for me as a kid. Like just that one aspect of it, and then Brad Dorf's voice was just horrifying to me. And so, but right. yeah, standing the test of time, I would say that's a no on this one. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. no. <laughs> that just does not stand the test of time it was but it was still fun for me because so i'm looking i'm thinking from my point of view it was fun for me to go back and watch this movie because of all the memories that i've had of it and then thinking about all the sequels like i I was thinking about part two and part three and like 
you know, Bride of Chucky. And I think I might try to watch those actually. I think I think it will too. I liked three. That was when. So three was when Andy was in. So it's kind of sad. It's a sad story, right? So in two, his mother goes to a psychiatric ward. You never you never see his mother in after the first one. I don't think. And because if you think about it, you're telling everyone that hey, like this doll murdered my best friend and was killing people. You know, like no one's gonna fucking believe you. So, in the second one, he's with his adoptive parents. I, I vaguely remember watching that one. It's been so long. But I remember three. I just liked three so much because they were in a military school. He was a teenager. And it was, like, really, like, some crazy things that happened in that one that I liked. And, and yeah, man, it's uh, it was fun to kind of go back. Basically, it was just fun for me to go back and watch this movie. If, if like, your your wife, you know, April, saw this, she probably was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> probably, like, I mean, that's dumb. what she thought of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand. I could totally get it. If, you've, if, if it doesn't mean anything to you, like it does like to us, it's just like how it's creeped us out, but going back and watching it. I had a lot of fun watching it. You know, I enjoyed it. I would yeah, actually watch it, it again, fun. I like, think. Yeah, April had fun watching it, but like like I said, being it's because we were, we've grown more cynical as a society. Especially, I mean, because I'm assuming even if we were our age in 1988, we would have been like, oh, fuck, you know, but we're not. We were kids, so we're a little more susceptible. And what we did is we carried that, I don't want to say trauma, but we carried that like perception of this is a, a scary thing that makes me uncomfortable because of Chucky, right? Like, I don't like porcelain dolls. If I meet a person that's like, I collect thousands of porcelain dolls, I'm like, I don't trust you. I don't, First of you all. could be, you could have cured cancer. And I'd be like, <laughs> You you made cancer worse is what you did because of the dolls in your house. Yeah, if you collect right. pers- if you collect porcelain dolls, I'm out. I'm yeah, you, I'm out. E five thousand. Yeah, that's all you, bro. I'm you out. You could be you could be you could be a ten. Not doing porcelain it. dolls. Negative five. Not doing it. I'm, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. So it I it's just like one of those things that you just look at and I guess you don't watch anymore for the horror. But oh, so like yeah, I think. As time goes on, things become became more nuanced. People started paying attention to more details as they made movies. And then you wind up with things like Saw, you know, or Hostel. Like, that just... Because this is more of, like, a slasher gore film. And then, and, and then like, when you compare it to, like, those type of things that we see now is insane. Like, it's just way over the top worse, you know? And Yeah. And then, so and you once know you cr- watch... What's crazy is that this movie isn't even that bad. No, it's not. Yeah, it's really not. I think, well, what would be the worst? What was the worst kill scene? I mean, but he only he only kills three people. He kills Aunt Maggie. He kills, he kills the boy. Doctor. He kills his boy that left him. In the no, he doesn't. Movie. Technically, he kid that guy kills himself. True. Okay. Okay. Technicalities. But okay. Death scenes in the movie. Then I guess if we want to get technical on me, yeah. There's no, there's no deaths that he's physically involved with, other than the aunt who he hits in the face with a hammer and she falls out the window. Um the the voodoo doctor who he kills with the voodoo doll, and then the doctor at the mental hospital or the child behavioral health. Yeah. And that was actually not as like gory, but that was probably like the worst one of all, right? Oh yeah, that was getting definitely electrocuted. Disturbing. You know what's like crazy that? is that that isn't really what happens. 
No, those things can't really do that to you. Whatever that thing was, there's no way there's enough electricity in those things. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure that there's some kind of buffer that they have to put on your head. I mean, I don't like I said, I don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And who's to say that Charles Lee Ray just innately knows how to use it? Do you think he'd like read a manual? He's like, how do I turn this fucking thing on? No, he just quickly ran over eh, and put it on his head and then <laughs> over to the goddamn button and just pushed one button. They didn't even show him to crank the dial up. Like, That's too much money to do that scene. They didn't want to, They were tired. By that time, they're like, we've done enough animatronics. We can't do anymore. Yeah, that's pro- I think that's the scene when they were like, it took us 27 takes yeah, probably, to get him yeah. to push a button. Probably. That was, probably was the scene. Man, yeah. It was, yeah, I think in hindsight, looking at the things that we can see now, but yeah, going back to your talking about like why it's not as bad is because there's been so much other horrifying shit that we've seen now where this is like pretty tame, you know. But back then in 1988, I mean, I don't know when Hellraiser came out, but that, I mean, this is typical of what we would see in horror films like Freddy Cougar, Jason, like those, it's just, it's not compared to what we've seen in the past 20 years or 15 years, right? Oh yeah, and and so we're I guess you could say we're desensitized to the violence, but oh, hundred percent. But I I like I said I like the way the first half they do the whole mysterious thing and the whole relationship with Andy and thinking Andy was a killer. I liked that, like uh, him telling his mother that Maggie was a real bitch or something like that and she got what she deserved he was like yeah Ma- aunt maggie was a real bitch and she got what yeah, she deserved except it's totally like innocently said yeah He's like maggie aunt maggie was a real bitch and she got what she deserved <laughs> sounds like mickey mouse and mickey mouse yeah and then i hate it also when he says chucky he's like chucky yeah i was yeah. like say it faster like <laughs> <laughs> i think it's crazy like too when she's trying to tell the detective she's like is this proof and she yeah. tries to show him the bite mark and he's like how did you get that and she's like chucky bit me and he's like oh my god <laughs> like he's so over it like he literally rolls his eyes at her Ew, oh you know god. that remind me when she said chucky bit me I, I don't know why but it made me think of charlie bit my finger when she said chucky <laughs> bit me chucky bit my arm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah. Whole, that whole movie is weird but i can't get over how like unprofessional the the law enforcement is portrayed <laughs> there was dudes in, in with the newspaper i'm like why are you at a murder scene with a newspaper on this person's couch i just i was like whatever yeah yeah exactly yeah that, and they that, were just <laughs> like and the guy's like hey miss you can't go in there he doesn't oh one thing that like <laughs> blew me out of the fucking water right <laughs> So Karen just finished waxing this doll, like all the way, like <laughs> emptied the cylinder into his fucking body. Right. And then the cop, the guy's partner or his buddy, the other cop that's in the film. Yeah. Shows up and he's like, hey, what's going on? Like he doesn't have his pistol, no gun drawn. He doesn't have a radio. There's no sense of urgency. It's like he walked in on people dr- dr- talking loudly about sports while drinking he's like hey guys what's up actually and it's literally seconds like it's not like a few minutes it's actually, like seconds after she finishes firing he's just like hey what's going on here like very nonchalantly i was always like you unprofessional fuck like <laughs> what the fuck and then he's like boss you try to tell me that this doll right here and then he's like then he doesn't even freak out he's just like oh i'm being choked like he no panic even after he gets it off of him, he's just like, all right, I'll go tell the guys down at the station. Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. 
honestly, I, th- I think at the end, maybe you're mixing those two up. He looked pretty like shocked because he was like, he was like, uh, now do you believe me? And he was like, yeah, but who's going to believe me? And like, I thought that was, that was sold for what, for lack of a better term. Right. Cause think of, I mean, and that made me think like, imagine if that was that, that were you, right. A fucking half burnt doll tried to murder you. Right. And then this was, this was the person that was the suspect. This is the person that killed these people. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that as a cop? You know what I mean? Like that's, so I think, yes, I agree with you for the most part with that character and that stuff. But I think at the end there, there was some, there was some believability with him being like, I don't think he was just like, Oh, like whatever, this isn't shit. But I, I think at the end there, he was kind of like, okay, fuck just happened. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that's but I don't I think, I think that's like, I think that's one of the first times he even hears about the doll. Probably, I mean, but he was a very small character, though, right? Yeah, you're right, you're right. But I mean, still, but I, th- I can't get over the <clears throat> two seconds after hearing at least five gunshots. He's like, hey, guys. Like, <laughs> I was up? like, I was like, where's your weapon? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, such what a, what a crazy time. What a great <clears throat> what a great time to be alive <laughs> in yeah. 1988 with this movie. So, all right, I want to. Before we start doing our final thoughts here in a little bit or anything, I want to actually tap into if you have anything else that I, that I may have missed. But first, I want to talk about some of the cast here. Only We already talked a, little, a lot about Brad Dorf, but I wanted to talk about Chris Sarandon because it was really fucking bothering me this entire movie. I was like, who the hell is this guy? He looks so familiar. And so, and I kept thinking after the movie, I was thinking, I was like, fuck, let me look it up. He was in, so he was in The Princess Bride. Yep. As Prince Humperdinck. And I was like, that's where I knew him. But did you know he did Jack Skellington's voice in A Nightmare Before Christmas? I did not know that. He, yeah, he did the voice of Jack Skellington. Actually, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. I'm no, gonna have he to, did. He did. He did the voice? Oh, no, I'm thinking of somebody else did the singing. Somebody else did the singing. Because I watched yeah. that special on Netflix. I forgot his name. Danny Was it Danny Elfman? I think Danny Elfman did the singing. And it was Jack... Uh, uh, Chris Sarandon that did the voice of Jack. I was like, holy shit. I never knew yeah. that. And I thought that was kind of a fun thing. And then, so Catherine Hicks, who played the mother Karen. I was like, who the fuck is it? It was bothering me because I know these faces. I've seen them before. She was on Seventh Heaven. She played the mom for like 10 years. Even though I never really watched the show, I watched it every now and then when it was on TV because it was like, I think on Fridays or something, but it was really bothering me. And it was her. She was on Seventh Heaven. That's where I recognized her from. She was on other stuff too, yeah. but for me, I thought that was some, you know, some interesting stuff. Funny is that, so the guy who created the design for Buddy the Doll or Chucky, uh, Kevin uh, Yager, him and Catherine Hicks actually got married in 1990. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. And they met, they, they, met, they met on the set. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm it's gonna... like, hey, babe, remember that time that I made that doll that tried to kill you? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, so, rom- so romantic first date. <laughs> I just think that that's a funny little thing about the film. You know, speaking of the doll, did you know? So, you may not remember the craziness. I don't even really remember. My dad told me stories because I have an older sister. The Cabbage Patch Kids, 
so they were they were like the power rangers for us as kids the toys right they were like the unobtainable they were unobtainable they were unobtainium (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) everybody wanted kids yeah everyone wanted them and so this is sort of so i was watching an interview with don um like don mancini and he was saying that it was sort of like he was he was calling on the marketing and the commercialization and capitalization on children with toys and how because when i was a kid we had there was two toys one for girl i can't remember it was and there was one for boys called my buddy there was a real toy called my buddy oh yeah yeah wherever you may go kind of he kind of looked like chucky in a way like chucky's final design with the overall yeah and uh he had a but he had brown hair yeah. And it was much, much shorter. But yeah, 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 I, I know. And between that and all, like, the toys and, like, he... So, this was all sort of, like, satirical to him. I think he wanted to do something a little bit more like a dark, like a black comedy sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. like, not an actual, like, true horror film. I think that's what he was going for, the way he described it. But I think he was fine with the, the end result. But essentially, his... the The callbacks or whatever, his inspiration were how kids were being commercialized or you know brain not brainwashed but i guess brainwashed essentially to want these toys and and that's sort of like what he was doing and he said it was kind of funny because kind of ironic because now they make a lot of uh, uh products that they sell and toys you know, people buy chucky dolls my dad had a chucky doll actually um it was like an evil not the it was like the evil version of him not like the actual whatever it was called in the movie but good guy yeah, yeah good guy doll. thank you yeah yeah and so it's just really really interesting to me about how he come how he came up to the, came up with this idea and whatnot. So, um, all right. I don't have anything else to add to this conversation. Is there anything that I missed that you wanted to add? Nope. I think actually one last thing. I did think that it was really cool and interesting that the main villain's name, Charles Lee Ray is like a mixture of different serial killers names, like real life serial killers. So like Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald and James Earl Ray. I mean, not. I know that Lee Harvey Oswald is not a real serial killer, but like notable, notable notable killers throughout time. Yeah. Well, unless you ask conspiracy theorists, he may never have actually did it. But anyways, no, yeah, <laughs> I'm just don't, kidding. Or, no, don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Kidding. I, I'm not one of those conspiracy yeah. theorists. But all right, all right, and uh, all right. Give me your final thoughts in sixty to ninety seconds. Um, I think that the movie does not stand the test of time, but I do understand why it is considered a cult classic um, based on the fact that it definitely added to the romanticization. Romanticizing? It romanticized this idea that dolls are scary before they're fun, especially for you and my generation. Um, But like I said, the movie in and of itself... If you look at it and picked it apart, you'd be like, this is a bad movie. But <laughs> people didn't, people in 1988, adults, like, they didn't know any better, you know? Like, I didn't notice the whole 33% larger thing. But now that you say that, if you, if you pay attention to that hallway that Chucky runs down, you're like, that's a big fucking hallway. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I know that they're trying to do it to make Chucky look smaller. But it's, they, I, they didn't nail it on the head. Especially now that I know that information. Like, I can't unsee it. But other than that, I think the, the, the film was... I can understand why it has as much, you know, 
why there's so uh, much nostalgia uh, or why yeah. it is what it is today. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. I think for for once we agree for the most part on this this movie on everything about good and the bad and, and the ugly. For me, it was just it was a special movie for me because I was really big into horror, and that's why we talk about these things is because nostalgia is a huge reason. And I have a lot of fun memories of watching horror movies with my dad, and this was one of them, even though it terrified me and made me like horrified of Chucky and and yeah. and all the stuff that surrounded it. But as, as far as a a, a slasher movie i think this hit all the right notes and it was just fun to kind of go back and or fun to go back and watch this film and sort of like look at it through the lens of appreciation also and critic be critical of it at the same time it was a lot of fun to do that and by i think it's more of a, one of those movies where it's just fun to go back and rewatch and just have a good time with and not like experience like horror because it's definitely not scary anymore but my final thoughts is i really appreciate the work that was put into the making this film i had a lot of fun looking up the the the, the history behind this film and how they did all the things and i really i say appreciate but i really do appreciate the work that people put into these films and, and to be creative and, and how to do that because it takes it's hard it's this stuff's not easy and so that's yeah. why i always feel kind of bad i don't want to tear this movie to shreds because from 1988 but yeah i'm with you does not stand a test of time it's fun to go back and rewatch, and it's fun to you know experience the nostalgia of an old horror film and that's that thing that's where i'm at and i think i will go back and watch two three Two and three, at least. The other ones I wasn't a huge fan of, but two and three, I probably will go back and, and watch yeah. again because I have fond memories of those two. I think that I think that what they did with you know three months of shooting and nine million dollars was was good enough. Yes, thank you. Yes, that's one hundred percent. So yeah. Well, that wraps it up for today's episode. I believe next week we're going to be doing the Blob from 1988 as well was it 1988 i don't know but the blob from the 1980s we're doing that version that one actually i think might be a little bit more fun as far as standing the test of time because i've seen some some stuff recently and i'm actually really excited to talk about that one so oh shit we went through an entire episode and we never got a reference of metal gear in uh david Hayter (laughs) should have done the voice of chucky We actually did a whole episode. We didn't reference Metal Gear one time. He does that. Uh, Chucky does that thing that <laughs> Solid Snake does when he says, <laughs> "Yeah," where okay. his whole mouth goes like. <laughs> 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 All right, we got it in. We got uh, it in. All right, uh, I'll let I'll let it. I'll, uh, I'll let the judges decide. Judges. All right, judges say it's good. They will, the judges say it. it's good. They ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten would sneak into Moses Island again. <laughs> All right, man. I'll catch you next week. Thank you, Absolutely. everyone, for listening. You guys and- have a good week. We'll see you next time. Don't be shitty. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>